The reading today is from Isaiah 40, 27 to 31. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. pray together as we come to this last section of this beautiful chapter of the Bible. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank and praise you that uh, you are the God who is present with us now by the power of your spirit. You're the God who's drawn close to us in your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray now as we look at your care for your people so we would personally experience your love for Jesus' name's sake. Amen. I wonder if you ever feel that God has lost a grip on the world. Or, or maybe, more specifically, he appears to have lost a grip on your corner of it. Uh, it might be your work here in Parliament. It might be issues at home. It could be serious illness amongst those you love. We all, one time or another, experience circumstances in our lives that cause us to question both God's character and his power. Does he care? And can he do anything to help us? Now the first readers of the prophet Isaiah were struggling to see how God was for them. You see, they were in exile. They'd been taken out of the promised land that God had given to them and taken to Babylon, a foreign superpower. They were thousands of miles from home, living in a pagan country, and all because of their disobedience. They were a small group, trying to be faithful in a big, bad world. And Isaiah 40 is written to remind them of who their God is. We see in Isaiah 40 verse 9, Isaiah say, here is your God. And over the last couple of weeks, we've seen he's the God of comfort, who promises to come to them himself and to take them home. So we read in verse 11, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. It's a precious image, isn't it? God, the shepherd king, who comes to gather the sheep, but it left us with the question, can he pull it off? And so last week we saw he was the God of incomparable power. He says in verse 25, To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one 
and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. I'm the one who made all things, says God. I'm the one who rules all things. And now we're going to see that he's the God of personal care. Because you think if God was so different from us, so powerful, so majestic, then he wouldn't have time for little old people, little old me and you. But nothing could be further from the truth. So in our reading, verse 27, Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? That's how the exiles feel, the people of Judah. In other words, God, can't you see what a rough time I'm having? I mean, are you just too busy? Are you not powerful enough? Don't you just care how tough my life is? I wonder if you see in verse 27 their attitude to God and to life. Who actually is in charge? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause. The problem often for the people of God is they've been rather better at deciding what life should be like rather than letting God set the agenda for their lives. They felt they'd do a much better job of it themselves. And when he lets them face the consequences of their decisions, they just get on and blame him for the mess that they've created. Look, Lord, haven't you read the script that I've set for my life? You're my God. I've let you out of the box and you're not doing what I ask. And I guess part of our problem is that often we think we know better than God. But, but despite their whinging, look how gracious God is to them in verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. God is everlasting. We are not. He is creator. We are created. He never tires. We need our sleep. He knows everything. And much as you might have met people who think they know everything, they really don't. We don't know everything. It's a final plea in this chapter for people to remember who God is and who they are. See, time and time again, we come to the end of our tether, but he never does. We run out of steam, but he will always keep going. We give up and go home, but he will always stick at the job. His care is infinite, because he is. His love is everlasting, because he is. You see, by definition, we as creatures will never get our minds fully round our creator. In fact, if we think we have, we've just created a god of our own imagination. We stand at a particular point in history and a particular place in the world and tell the God who created all things and wrote history before he created them, look, Lord, you just don't know what you're doing. You know how uh, small children see about 10 seconds ahead in terms of their lives? So we were uh, trying to get our four-year-old ready for school again this morning. I don't want to put my shoes on. You've got to. You can't go to shoe school without your shoes on. I want to have bacon and egg for breakfast. There isn't time now because it took you 20 minutes to put your shoes on. I don't want to put my coat on. You have to. It's cold outside. It's raining. And so life goes on. See, he operates in the tiny little world of his desires 
in that moment that he can see. He literally lives in the moment. And when we compare ourselves to God, actually our understanding is even more limited. But even though he's so vastly beyond us, he is intimately interested in our lives. And if only we would trust him, the result is transforming. Look what it says in verse 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. I I don't know what sort of year you're having. Then if you assess your life by years. I can't imagine actually the pressure that I guess a lot of people who work within this building face day to day. But, But I guess some days you feel life wears you down. It might even be that you're tired of trying to make yourself happy and failing. Tired of the worry. Tired of the stress. Because sooner or later, life faces us and we feel weak. We come across situations that we can't see how they can be solved, let alone how we can have a hand in solving them. And so, even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. Youth passes. Despite all our efforts in the gym and the salon, we just can't stay young. I was chatting to someone on Sunday about how our perspectives change as we grow older. I can remember as a young man slightly frowning upon the advice and wisdom of my elders. When I started out in Christian ministry, it was great. I was going to save the world. The health of the Church of England depended upon me. And luckily, I was more than up to the job. Now, 20 years later, it's not that I've become cynical, I've just become tired. There are days that I get out of my bed, and I look longingly back at the recently folded duvet, and I ask the bed, how long is it till I can get back into you? Each year that's passed since I left theological college, I've discovered that I'm far less capable of doing this job than I ever thought I was. And actually, that process is vital if we're to find the strength we need. Because look at verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. An older man in our our church in Preston in Lancashire once told me of how when he was on national service, he went for selection in the parachute regiment. He met a man on the train who'd already been through the process, who was also a Christian. He told them how they'd had to do the assault course again and again and again against the clock. And once they'd done it three times and basically felt physically ill, they were asked, are there any volunteers to do another round? And they knew if they didn't say yes, they wouldn't get selected. But the man said, I needed God's strength. So I prayed, Lord, you lift up my feet, I'll put them down again. (laughs) Now I'm not sure here this is the promise of physical strength. It's actually something far better. Hope in the Lord. Trusting in God to be at work in your life. Not hope in you, but in him. Trusting God to keep his promises for your future. If you read on in Isaiah, that's what you'll find over the next few chapters. Wonderful promises to God's people. A promise of a great saviour. A servant who'll rescue them once and for all. A promise of a great city. 
a city so good that it sounds like heaven on earth, a place of safety and plenty, a place where God will take them to be with him. See, the rest of Isaiah is packed with promises of hope. Well, of course, the New Testament shows us they're all promises fulfilled in our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who demonstrated that he was God come to rescue his people, the God of comfort. The one who showed he was the God of incomparable power as he strode creation, healing disease at a word, defeating demons, silencing storms. And Jesus is also the one who said in Matthew 11, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Trust me with your life, says the Lord Jesus Christ. Know the security of a relationship with God, secure because it's based on my death on a cross. I've died the death you deserve so that you don't have to be weary and worry about what God thinks of you. No, you can be free in knowing you're fully forgiven. Know the promise of certain rest forever because I rose from the dead. And know the strength that comes of living under my rule, trusting in my word, knowing peace with God. Trust me, says the Lord Jesus. Come to me, weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Did you see the paradox in Isaiah 40 and in the words of Jesus? To find strength, you have to admit you're weary. To find power, you have to be willing to see how weak you are. You see, we're created as dependent beings, made to rely on our creator. And history is a catalogue of how we fail to run the world when we don't rely on him. And our lives are often a catalogue of how we fail in life when we don't rely on him. And sadly, lots of people keep living the illusion that they have the answers to their own problems. So they battle on, getting tired, and going to bed, and getting up tired, and going to bed again. Ignoring the loving God who offers us strength, hope that will carry us through whatever life brings. I went to see Liz last Friday. She'd uh, buried her husband, John age 62, on Tuesday. He had a year-long battle with cancer. Do you know John said that year was the best year of his life? Because as his uh, body wasted away, as his strength failed, he found himself forced to hope in the Lord more and more. And his strength was renewed. Through the uh, last month, John could only get up and down the stairs by shuffling in stages on his bottom. His joy, though, and his peace had never been greater. Friends who knew him from his lifetime said he was a transformed man through the last year of his life. Many of his worries gone. Many of the things that, that drove him lay by the wayside because his hope had never been stronger. And he knew he was going to see Jesus. 
Liz is just numb now, bereft. But she said to me that her only times of relief and of joy come when she reads God's promises or when she hears them at church and she puts her hope in him. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Here is your God, says Isaiah. The God perfectly revealed in the Lord Jesus. The God who calls you to come to him with your weariness and your burdens. The God who promises you hope, strength and rest. Let's pray together. Why don't we have a moment of silence? And maybe there are things that are on your mind or your heart. People who you are concerned for at the moment. And you'd like to take the opportunity to bring them before the Lord yourself. If you'd like, why don't you join me in saying together the Lord's Prayer as we come to our Father in Heaven and ask for his strength and help. We say together in the traditional version. Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.